Hello, Gina. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing today? It's Tuesday, December 8th, 2020, and I am like, I've got a ton going on, but I'm feeling good. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm feeling good. I am feeling good. <laughs> yes, I can relate. I don't know. It it is a season of uh, of busyness, um, mm-hmm. work wise. I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 busy. You know, you know, you might be busy at work, like I am, and then it's the season of sort of like the extra things that happen around the holidays, um, in spite mm-hmm. of a pandemic, um, and then just the idea that. Um, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I have this notion there's some things I got to get done before the end of the year. <laughs> it yes. has to happen in 2020. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, Gina, today we had touched base earlier and have decided that we would talk about Native America. Um, mm-hmm. And it, yes, just uh, for me in particular, some conclusions and revelations that I've drawn about race in America in light of 2020, and particularly for Native people. Um, mm-hmm. How how does that sound for a topic? I think that's perfect. I mean, the truth is that um, George Floyd's death in May of this year has opened up the conversation about equity and, and fairness and um, inequality and all of those kinds of themes. Uh, in the United States, but the conversation is often missing a very important piece. And I think that's what we're going to explore a little bit in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. So maybe, maybe one interesting place to start is over the Thanksgiving holiday. um, I feel like I had not just a heightened awareness, because like you said, the heightened awareness of, of race for all people groups that are cast into a minority have been much more that, that just awareness for people who are white and maybe for all people, mm-hmm. I think, has been um, heightened. Uh, but particularly over Thanksgiving weekend, you know, a time where the stereotypes come out about Native American culture where, you know, sometimes you see Native headdresses or just cultural appropriation of -hmm. of Native American heritage happening to a higher extent um, than usual. It, It does make you think about it more. And in today's age with social media, um, I see more people bringing awareness to this in ways that are, are meaningful and challenging. And I saw, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last one that I saw an Instagram uh, post, somebody had made a pie and made out of pastry letters said baked on stolen land. Um, Just, you know, creative ways to bring to the forefront this very real discussion that has um, we've talked about it. We've known Mm -hmm. about it. Our uh, cultural art paintings, TV shows, you name it, portray mm-hmm. the history. And yet what I'm becoming aware of is that uh, the image of a white man, particularly a cowboy, shooting a Native American man or pillaging a village or something like that has become, not has become, has for a long time been accepted and even celebrated. I, I struggle to say that because it sounds uh, terrible, 
Mm-hmm. But I think it's the truth. And I think that the character caricaturization of that, you know, even children playing cowboys and Indians, things like this, mm-hmm. um, makes it easier for a whole society to acknowledge what happened without condemning it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So these are just some of the thoughts that I've had. And over, over Thanksgiving in particular, being in Oklahoma, as I had mentioned, we were, uh, I didn't know how to, like, how do I take my kids who are eight ages eight and under and use this opportunity here in, uh, you know, native land Mm-hmm. to say this is what has happened here in the past and as someone who's not exposed to a lot of native american culture wondering mm-hmm. how do i educate myself and my people about um native american history and native american culture in a way that's not perpetuating uh cultural appropriation so these are just some of mm-hmm. the thoughts that i've been having how about you yeah yeah, I mean, everything that you just said resonated with me in terms of why um, we should have this conversation and also the 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 thing that you have, you haven't explicitly said, but that is sort of the, the, the basis of everything that we're exploring here, which is that, you know, there was a, a body of land that is now called North America that was there. It was created by the creator, the land was there, and there were actual humans living on this land, not just buffalo or wolves, Mm -hmm. and that people came from another country, To specifically they came from England, um, to the United States. They landed on Plymouth Rock, is what we say, and then from there they proceeded to move towards, to move across this land mass, and on this landmass from the West coast to the East coast and from the North to the South, there were these people that were already there humans, but they mm-hmm. were not con- thought of in that way or treated in that way. And so there was there, the, there was some sort of uh, decision by made by those who were the, the ones arriving that what they ought to do whenever they encountered these people was to kill them. You know, it has to have been that decision because inevitably what happened was that apart from the, you know, the involuntary deaths through disease and that sort of thing, there was a lot of purposeful killing. And then, um, and then the other piece that we're going to get to, I'm sure is the removal of these humans. So if you, if you think about, you know, you're playing a game of, of chess and you visualize, visualize the chessboard as the, the land mass. And the, the white chess pieces are, the, are the, the people that came from England. And then you've got the, let's call the black chess pieces, the, the, the people who were here, the native people who were mm-hmm. here on, minding their own business. Then, the, then the, the white chess pieces came along and just would knock them off systematically, off the, completely off the table. So eventually there were... Um, either very few left and then there were very few left and then once they got enough of a of an advantage then they took those pieces they picked them up off the floor and they moved them off into a corner of the board and say okay you can survive but you can only do it over here Mm -hmm. um quick and dirty summary of what we're talking about because it is possible there could be somebody listening to this from another country who doesn't understand that basically that's the sort of the 
the thing that's mm-hmm. that's the foundation the of everything context. else we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yes, good. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So one one of the things uh, that I've been doing is finding people on social media who are uh, Native American people themselves. They are indigenous from the land. They um, grew up on a reservation. They have preserved um, elements of their culture and. Um, both they they exist both in a very modern world and they are modern participants of our very mm-hmm. modern world and they also um, have brought along their cultural heritage their traditional dress their traditional customs of dance and song and so um, th- some very young people are very eloquently uh folding together these two elements uh juxtapo- juxtaposing their modern life together with their um rich cultural heritage and saying both of these things exist today today mm-hmm. and um it's been lovely to be able to uh, observe Native American culture as portrayed by Native American people. I also think mm-hmm. it is a lot of responsibility to be on the shoulders of a, of a young, let's say, 17-year-old girl. And I wonder if <laughs> how, how they're using the combination of wisdom of elders and tech savviness of young kids and marketing mm-hmm. savvy of, you know, maybe folks in the middle generation uh, mm-hmm. To be able to purposefully and intentionally put out messaging. And, you know, even as I speak, I'm realizing I'm, I'm positive that I am absolutely naive to this body of work that's probably much larger than what I'm just discovering right now on Instagram. You know, there, I'm sure that there are people that have been uh, doing this work for a long time, but I'm just being exposed to it now, um, thanks in large part to the catastrophes of 2020, including uh, the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, I suspect, although I am speaking now truly not from sort of a lived experience of this because I didn't grow up in the United States and, and, and therefore there's always a chance that my perspective is very much not representative, but I certainly grew up in a country, uh, Barbados, that was a colony of England. And the concept of the colonizer and how the colonizer behaved is totally imprinted on that country, just as an example. But, but um, because it's a smaller place and because the history is such, in a way, feels so much close and, re- and recent, it, it, it's almost not, there's almost not, a need to talk about the fact that that was a plantation because some of those plantations were operating um, up until very recently in the production of sugarcane. Mm-hmm. Now, the people who were operating them were not slaves at that point, but all of it is pretty recent now in a small country. Now, in the United States, what I noticed is that when you talk about this, about this country, it's very, very easy to, to ignore people who are uh, people of color regardless of whether they're black, you know, Hispanic, um, Latino, and then the Native American group often doesn't even get mentioned, mm-hmm. which is so um, 
you don't you don't realize it at first that you know when I came to the United States I didn't even notice it at first mm-hmm. it, it took a little time for me to realize wait a minute this is not just like you know your white the, the expression of whitewashing history this is like erasure mm-hmm. because the the truth is if you look at even the statistics that I've been looking at recently regarding um, more um, COVID-19 mortality and the fact that uh, Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Native Americans are 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 more likely to die from the disease. Um, some of the numbers are so small. If you look at it at state level, if some of the numbers for Native Americans are so small, they can't calculate the statistics mm. in a country where these were the first people. Mm-hmm. So this notion of you know the Native America, Native Americans, and so on, everything about it has been sort of like let's pretend like they're not there at least that's how it seems to me as a sort of a a new arrival Mm -hmm. i think that you're absolutely right and where they are presented and portrayed it is in that very gimmicky um uh caricaturized version i was interested uh my my husband brought home a tub of cottage cheese the other day and it was land lakes and Mm -hmm. i noticed the uh, logo, the Land O'Lakes logo had, you know, this iconic uh, Indian maiden there in the middle of the Land O'Lakes. And I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder how much longer that's going to be allowed to go on. And I, I did a quick search and found that as of September of this year, they have retired that image and replaced it with a new logo that does not include... Um, a a recreated version of of an Indian character and it talked a bit about the history and the original uh maiden that was was created uh was um illustrated by a white artist and then several years later they brought in a Native American artist and had that person illustrate her so that at least she would be more culturally accurate and Mm -hmm. I began to really Mm -hmm. think through and unpack well what is what does it matter if someone is if if a character or a mascot is culturally accurate and Mm -hmm. of course I think to process that you have to put yourself in the position of someone Mm -hmm. who is the person being caricaturized and Yeah, where there are so many different tribes in the United States um, and Canada and, well, the Americas at large, uh, how each one has their own cultural variations. But oftentimes when you see um, an illustrated representation of someone who is Native American or a Native American tribe, it's a conglomeration, Mm -hmm. a hodgepodge of this thing that was seen Mm -hmm. from this tribe and this thing that was seen from that tribe. And um really without regard for cultural accuracy. And of course, for someone who doesn't have context, like myself, look at it and think, you know, nothing of it. But for someone where those things, those, you know, a feather or um, a ter- particular type of garb or a um, something having to do with traditional medicine and the illustrated uh, representation of it is in- inaccurate, you know, you think about your own um, very important cultural elements that matter to you and that hold grave Mm -hmm. importance. If 
if you lived in a world where somebody came, stole your land, and then relegated you and your very important, precious culture to these inaccurate, caricaturized uh, drawings and representations, and, and then, you know, <laughs> systematically erased your people and replaced mm -hmm. it with these images. It, the, uh, the farther that I've gone down that path, the um, the more that I'm able to really sit with the weight and the gravity of what must it feel like to be an indigenous person in the United States today? What must that mm -hmm. what must that daily experience feel like? Yeah, and 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 not we 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 just don't even I don't think can even understand mm -hmm. that you know and 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 so. As a, as a black woman who is very happy if we get to the point where black Americans who are the descendants of slaves can feel like they belong in this country because they were mm -hmm. brought here and, you know, and, and, and then, and they've then, okay, they were here and they made all these contributions and maybe we can get a fair share of jobs or whatever. If we get to that point on behalf of black Americans, I would be very happy. However, it is also true that at the same time, I'm, I'm asking the question, wait a minute, <clears throat> what is going on here? You know, like if, if, if Native Americans aren't in the conversation and they were here before African-Americans, right? Even though clearly African-Americans didn't come here on their own, then why aren't we, we have to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We have to talk about this issue. We have to talk about the fact that the land that slaves were working in the United States to generate the, the wealth that benefited those who owned the plantations was land that at some point might have been owned by, was uh, the property of, they don't even, I don't think Native Americans necessarily use mm -hmm. the word property, but these were the lands of, um, indigenous people and somebody else came along and said, not only am I going to take these lands away and push you away, I'm going to use them in a certain way and I'm going to determine how they get used. I'm going to bring this other group of people, treat them really poorly and make them do this work. I mean, that whole mm -hmm. system, all of those pieces, um, they really go together. So, but I do think it's an awakening for all of us to, to, to think about for people other than native Americans to, to be, uh, to talk about this, these things mm -hmm. in that way. I do too. I do too. And, mm -hmm. um, and I do think that there's some onus on the rest of us, just like uh, for non-Black Americans to go out and educate themselves, to pick up a book or to attend a class or, you know, to seek out information about what the Black experience is. Um, it is also mm -hmm. on those of us who are not native to do the same. And um, I, I have talked to other people that have said that this doesn't pertain to me. This isn't part of my lived experience. But the reality is that mm -hmm. in today's age, you are very likely to, if you don't already, to someday soon have a relative for whom it is their lived experience, whether that's through marriage or through adoption or, you know, somebody in the workplace that you care about. Um, and when we can, when we can say this one person that I care about has, is, is a member of this community that's having this experience, mm -hmm. 
Yes. Um, this matters to me. And for this person and everybody who looks like them, I'd like to inform myself. I think that that's an important step for us yes. as a people. It really is. I think as well that I, I think you're absolutely right, because I do think it's the education that makes a difference for all of these things, because, you know, you can't necessarily fix everything in the moment. But what you can do is sort of be aware and have some context that that, that influences every choice that you make from the point that you become educated. Right. And, and so. It is very, very important. Um, I, I remember putting a post this year on uh, LinkedIn. It was um, on, on what is now being called Indigenous People's Day, which is Monday, October the 12th. And the, the, the National Museum of, um, the National Museum of, the, of uh, Native Americans, uh, actually it's, it's called the National Museum of the American Indian. That's the mm -hmm. official name of the museum. Um, they also participated in the celebration and they had sent out some, some event information about the events. But the, I remember writing a little note that said basically this is an upside down world because in our country, in the United States, what we're basically saying is that you have a whole 365 days of the year where we celebrate whatever, but there's this one day, October 12th, where we have now said at least this one day we're going to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. And it's an upside down world because it should be Indigenous people who say, oh, well, maybe on November, whatever, you guys can celebrate mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. you know, because we were, you know, but, but it's, it's the reality of, of, of the way that things are. And most of us know very little about, well, who who are these indigenous people? Who are they? What, what matters? What, is, what do they worry about from when they think about generations that have gone before? What do they worry about? What do they, what do they feel? Somebody, we, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Just yeah. the tip. Yeah. Just tip here. There's so much to unpack and explore. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, I'm glad that you and I having this conversation because I, that is what I said is what I have been thinking. Um, and all of these things seem very, very large, like you, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but the one thing I do, the la maybe, you know, I don't know, we're going to run out of time. But the one thing I really felt compelled to say about all of this is that right now, it almost to the point that you were making earlier, it almost seems as if to talk about these things there would be people who would respond with you know why are you why are you you know kicking up the sand why don't you let sleeping dogs lie and the, all of the expressions that people use about that about when they don't want something to be to be you know to be to be um, in the forefront um you know why why not just leave things the way it is what it is you know i didn't create that problem i certainly didn't kill a native american all of those kinds mm -hmm. of things that people would say um you can't tolerate those kinds of things anymore because yes it's true there's history but it's also true that each of us now has a chance to you know think about these things differently and do something that would be positive um and not just accept that this is the way it has to be yes I absolutely agree. And I think that we have a duty. I mean, uh, if we benefit from the wrongs that were committed in the past, uh, do we not have a duty mm -hmm. to uh, use some of, you know, use that benefit to now make things right uh, or to mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form uh, 
I don't know. I don't know the right words to say. Make things right. I don't know how far we can make things right, but to make things better, to, yeah, mm -hmm. make things better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Gina, I, uh, we are approaching the end of our time. I think it's a good uh, note to wrap mm -hmm. up on. And I'm looking forward to another Uncommon Conversation with you next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it too. We'll have, a, we'll have to do some planning to figure out what we want to talk about, but there are so many exciting things that I think you and I can talk about and offer this sort of unique perspective that I am really excited for our next Me conversation, too. Sarah. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.